Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm also the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I've had that job twice. And my guest today is Ward Emmeling. Hello, Ward. Hey, Malcolm. Did you have your job twice? I did have my job twice. I, I was had. just thinking about that today. Yeah, uh, yeah. You had yours twice. I've had mine twice. Craig Ray's had his twice That's as tourism right. director. You know, it's... Um, well, you know, there's not going to be a third time is the charm So for me, I don't think. So there you go. Um, I hope there's but. not a third for me as well. <laughs> so Ward, many of you know, uh, was, served a long time as the director of the Mississippi Film 30 Office. years. 30 years. 30 years. And he is also an actor, an activist, uh, and the head bucket head judge oh, for man. Howl's St. Patty's Parade. And he's now. a writer. I'm in trouble now. I've well, I've outed you. You've outed me as the buckethead, chief buckethead. So, how long have you been uh, secretly a buckethead? You know, I think that goes back to um, it was before the palindrome year. So it was, right. it was before two thousand and two. I think was when was Tiny Tim? Oh boy, that would have been nine. Let's see, we were eighty-five, about ninety, right in there. Somewhere. Okay, well, it was it was sometime around. It was like two thousand or uh -huh. two thousand and one. Was my first year. You know, the the head bucket head at the time called me up on Thursday and said, "You want to be a bucket <laughs> head before yeah. the Saturday?" It was like, event. Oh, okay, sure. And uh, so I, you know, I actually went to New Stage and raided their their choir robes. And uh, is that how the robes got started? No, the robes had always been part of it, but uh -huh. it's like, you know, I, there it you was. You had to get one. I had to get one. I and the, to make a ori the originator of the Bucketheads was the one and only Sambo, Sambo. Samuel Mockby, the yeah. architect, the great architect. You know, we were rooting around in your building a couple of years ago and found the original Sambo gourd that was on his wow. bucket. And where might that be? It is now on the end of a piece of bamboo from my backyard, and that's what I marched down with. Oh, you the use original it. Go gourd, yeah. All like, right. oh my, look at this. <laughs> so, uh, life after the film office, you've been pretty darn busy because you've been hard to keep up with. You've been acting uh, at New Stage. Yeah. Yeah, you, you I, uh, were in it recently in Anne Frank, but you also you, more, more recently in Sweat, which Sweat. just closed a, a week ago. I didn't see you there. Um, well, you don't what know are you, now. What, the are you getting married dark. or something? And uh, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, that's been great because I was trained. I mean, I came up as an actor from Ed Millsaps and uh, Ed Murrow for one show, but uh, but mostly at Millsaps and then in London and. Uh, so to be able to retire... Now, that's in, London, England? No, London, England, oh, yes, okay. at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. And uh, so it was a great... Um, you know, it's been great to be able to get back on stage. Um, I did Shakespeare in Love last year, and then um, Diary of Anne Frank in the fall, and then Sweat, which is a fabulous, fabulous play. Pulitzer Prize winner. but uh, Written by... Lynn Nottage won Lynn the Nottage. 2017, and it's it's really one of the best pieces of literature that I'd read in a long time. It's really powerful and uh, is a good is a really good production. It was good. I'd worked I hadn't worked with most of those people, you know, and uh, so it was. We 
it's all set in a bar. You know, we had well, to come you together. You, you know, I, I, I did research at, at this this bar that has your name in it. So, uh, <laughs> so, so uh, you, um, the parts that you're trying. This must be interesting because you really didn't act on stage for a long time because you were busy being twenty four years. So now you're yeah. you're trying out for a little bit different. Part. It is. I'm the old guy. I like to say it's, I'm the new old guy, you know. Uh, but I will say for that, what, Helen High Water that they did, I, I, mm-hmm. I went in to read for that. And, and there's Larry Wells, who I was at Millsaps with. And John Maxwell is like, well, I never, ever thought that I'd be reading for the same part as those two guys. But uh, there you go. Um, but it's, you know, it's fun. Um, and um, But I am reading parts that you know, it's like the old guy, really, mm-hmm. you know, the oldest guy in the room. Right. So, yeah. uh, and I was always the youngest guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, how time So, changes. boy, oh, boy. So, uh, you know, now I'm looking at, you know, Prospero and King Lear, the old guys, I guess, uh, you know, or that old that old guy in the corner with the robe on. Uh, but um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just been a joy to get back on there and figure it out again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what has changed? Well, I mean, some of the my my brain has changed. <laughs> You've changed, <laughs> uh, but you know, I hadn't been on stage, and when I went and did Shakespeare in Love, it's like, okay, can I learn lines and can I move on the stage? Uh-huh. Um, and um, you know, that was kind of the test, and I, I guess I did okay. And uh, but he, 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 not much has changed. But how do you do it? It's a muscle, you know. You know, right. if you don't sing, then you, for a long time, then you've got to learn how to do it again. Um, and uh, so, I just had to figure that some of these things out again, and uh, technical things, and how I learn lines, because I hated to learn lines without the blocking. You know, I I always wanted to have the blocking and the words so that I wasn't. Folk, I, I I didn't memorize it as on the page because it I would see it, mm-hmm. and I always like to learn them through that. And, and and sometimes you don't have that luxury. And some of the scenes that we did for Sweat, I didn't have the luxury to do that because uh, they're complicated scenes, overlapping dialogue, and things like that. So it's like I got to learn these lines before I have the blocking. And even then, it all kinds of shifts. You know, it all shifts around, um, and. Um, because it was such an ensemble piece. And uh, so, you know, so I had to, that was a, a, a thing that I had to learn for this play, for mm-hmm. Sweat, was, all right, you got to learn without knowing where you're moving yet. So, uh, so explain to our listeners what blocking is if they aren't Well, blocking is, is where, is how the director places you on the stage. That's mm-hmm. the movement that you make on the stage. And um, so um, it's... Uh, and it's always it, it's always been more organic if I can do if I can know the learn the lines and the, and the blocking the staging at the same time and um, so um, so that that's it and sometimes you know you get in there and, and it does change and in this play because it was so you know such a piece of, of overlap all the way through. Um, and um, when you say overlap, you mean well, the, overlapping dialogue. And I mean, where I'm saying something, somebody else is saying something, we're breaking in. It's like conversation, like gotcha. real conversation, like what just happened. Right. That's, you know, uh-huh. and so we're having to create that ah, on stage gotcha. uh, night after night. Um, and that was a big thing. 
when I did Shakespeare in Love, it's like, not only can I do this, can I do it every night for mm. two weeks, two and a half weeks in front of an audience? Can, can, it, can I keep that going? Um, Maxwell and I had a conversation about this back in Shakespeare in Love days because I used to say that, or I say that when I was at Millsaps, it was all about the performance kind of did the rehearsal and got to the performance. And it was like, one yeah, performance. Let, no, yeah. there were four. Four, okay. But, but you know, but it, it was like, let I was in school, and I was in school plays, there was one performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well for the days. So you better get it right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I talked to the Arts Commission about that, you know. <laughs> can't do just one performance. And uh, so, um, you know, and so you'd, it was all about the performance. It was almost like, all right, we're going to kind of endure rehearsals to get to the performance. And after Guildhall, it was almost the opposite. Like the performance was gravy. Mm. It was like this process of going, of learning this and working with other people and, and getting to the point of, of, um, of finding that character and then it's like okay, and then then let's see what happens. Almost when the when we, you know when the audience is there because that changes everything. Changes right. every night. And Speaking of change, yeah. Um, first of all, let me say I'm speaking to Ward Emily. Ward is a longtime director of the film office. He's an actor, an activist, and a writer. Uh, and we're mostly talking about what he's been doing since he left the film office, and we're currently talking about re-entering his the acting mm -hmm. back on stage mostly almost exclusively at, at new stage so far yeah so far and and i have you know i love being on the stage so much that i haven't even reached out to do uh you know to find an agent or to audition for any of the tv stuff right. or you know in new orleans or la i mean uh, atlanta or here um because it's like if i can do this a couple times a year i'm 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 good because there's right. uh, you know I'm doing other things with the film series at the um, over in at the, the Museum Max of and, Art yeah. and at Mac at the Max and uh, so they're you know I've got those things going on and it's just uh, just a lot more fun and engaging to do the theater again and you know film that's work that's <laughs> hard work that's like and you're like this big in the right. scheme of things so so uh, I wanted to ask you about the, how technology has changed the theater, which you would think not very much, but I'm sure it's had some impact on it. And I'm talking to the guy who has one of the last people on the planet with a flip phone. So I'm curious about <laughs> uh, technology in the theater. And, and um, in your absence, did it enter? And if so, how? Well, it, 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 it didn't enter. I mean, all the things are automated now. I mean, the, the technology of lighting and uh, that it's, it's it's not somebody it's it's somebody working with a you know with a laptop right. kind of you know thing getting not it. so much running lights yeah it's by just hand, it's, yeah it's just it's a, a lot, program yeah it's a it's it's running the program right. uh, it it still requires the attention and the calling but but it's all there's so much more automation and then. You know, we have, and I've done in the three shows. You know, there's a lot of we didn't, we haven't microphone, we haven't mic'd anything. So you know, a lot of that's part of it uh, these days. One of the things that we're doing, but we were doing it back at Millsaps and um, and at New Stage back, you know, in the when I was before the film office kind of took off. Um, you know, uh, projection. So you know, we we did a lot of projection since sweat takes place in 2000 and 2008 we would project 
like a newspaper or so that uh, so that people could be clear the on the dates. Yeah. Um, and when I saw Les Mis recently downtown, uh, they used they had this you know there's a, there's a scene where you know the 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 evil guy uh, jumps off of, jumps into the Seine jumps off the bridge mm-hmm. into the Seine, and they had this you know this video footage behind they, they just had this video of of oh. of this right uh, of he he didn't fall but but the projection made it look like he was falling cuz mm-hmm. I, I he stands up on the railing of that thing it's like and I'm going hmm, I wonder how they're going to do this and then they started this projection which was fascinating wow. and uh and it's like yeah that that dude fell you know is <laughs> what it looked like you know so um but yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's you know the same kind of technology that affects everything that everybody does these days. You know, it's uh, there's more electronic uh, ease mm-hmm. to things. But from what we put on the stage, you know, we learn the lines, get out there, move around, and and interact. I mean, it, it's. Uh, Is the, the staff the, texting all during the film? I mean, during the production, like. Can you see people standing around backstage? Are they still have on headphones and? No, and, and I mean the stage manager is not off stage. You know, usually this I can remember at Millsaps, stage manager would be off right. Right. You know, just right over there. Uh, and um, but in now, uh, you know, the stage manager Elise was is is up in the lighting booth essentially, hmm. watching things from up there. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Hope you are enjoying your Sunday afternoon. Certainly, Kevin Farrell and Ward Emily and I. Welcome back, yeah. gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ward was longtime director of the Mississippi Film Office. He is an actor, an activist, a writer, uh, and he's the head buckethead of the judges at Howe's St. Patty's Day Parade. I saved the last, the very best for last. That's right. The, the thing that's like putting the resume thing at the bottom, the top <laughs> resume thing at the bottom. Now, you've so. been putting together some film series besides yeah. acting at New Stage. You've yeah. been working on some some film series. Talk, tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, last year and, and this year, so far this year. But last year I, I put together some film series at the Museum of Art here in Jackson. And um, spring season and a fall season. And um, the spring season was all Mississippi movies. We did 10 uh, films that were made in Mississippi, and then in do you the, do them outside in the art garden? Or you we, do them no, inside? we did them all inside. Inside yeah. at the Trustmark room. Yeah, yeah. and then in uh, in the fall we did an interesting thing. You know, one of the there's a great collection of conversations with filmmakers with the University Press. You know, right across oh, yeah, the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. mean, it's over a hundred titles, and it's they've talked. The, you know, you know these are conversations with every right. filmmaker on the planet. And it's and so we went out to six artists and said, pick a film that's influenced your work. And here are the you know, here's who you can choose from. Yeah, and, and of course it's like every filmmaker from Spielberg to Bertolucci to John Ford. And so uh, so that was interesting to do. Um, you know, because one, I didn't have to do all the talking. And uh so and, and so the the artists would come in and say why they chose this film and, and all that. And that was interesting. And then over at the Max on Meridian, mm-hmm. um, we I, I pull I can pull any film from any member of the Hall of Fame. Okay. So I could, any Tennessee Williams film, anything that Morgan's in, um, anything that James Earl Jones is in, which is what this co- upcoming series is that starts this Friday night. James uh, Earl Jones. It's we're doing four films 
that feature James Earl Jones. Okay. Uh, the first one being Rogue One, the the Star Wars film, and then we're doing Coming to America and Sneakers and The Sandlot. Um, so that's been fun to do. You know, just like what? Let me let's find. You know, he's done a lot of films, and so let's find four films that have great appeal and. And I've always liked the film Sneakers, which no one's seen. So it's like, all right. <laughs> I haven't you seen know. it. Yeah. Kevin, have you seen you it? You know. Kevin's yeah. yeah. seen it. Robert Redford and David Strathairn and, and River Phoenix and and, and uh, is directed by uh, the guy that did Field of Dreams, Phil Robinson. Hmm. Phil Alden Robinson. So uh, uh, so that's um, so that's funny. And that starts, that's the third Friday of every month uh, starting this 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 Friday. Or starting soon. You know, wait, starting on, I don't even know what day this is. So there you go. <laughs> Neither do I. But the first one in May is, is in May, and then August, and then uh, June, July, August. So. so I've often wondered, and you won't, I don't think, definitely know the answer to this, but you will certainly I'll make it up. Speculate. Be like Willie. If he, doesn't, so, if he didn't say it, he'll say he did. <laughs> <laughs> so James Earl Jones, born in Mississippi, I've sought out ever since I've been in government to honor him at the governor's awards and Mm -hmm. others have tried to chase him down, run him down. Uh, I wonder if someone like that would even know that over in Meridian, Mississippi, there's a film festival dedicated to his work and that he's in the hall of fame. I mean, he does know that. Okay. He does know that. And, um, from what they tell me, uh, over there because they needed to get information from him and they needed to get, you know, uh, we have the footage, meats. Footage, yeah, that's that, that's right. I think if you walk through, you get that commercial. And uh, but um, so I guess I mean, and you know, they're gonna they we all reach out. We all yeah. we've all wanted him to come home. We have, you know, and it hasn't happened. And, Not yet. and uh, so, um, but maybe it will. You know, maybe it will. But he'll we'll let him know. We'll get to him. I don't know what he's doing right now. You know, he's almost always busy. Yeah. I, he wrote us a very nice letter way back in the day after we pestered his manager mm-hmm. so many times about the governor's awards. And he just said he was honored and he appreciated it, but he just wasn't up for a trip. And yeah. thank you very much. And that was that. Please don't continue to. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> to, to, Go to away. Send me those letters. Scram. <laughs> <laughs> so you were telling me that uh, uh, in your. Loose affiliation with Portico, the magazine. Yes. That you've recently written a piece uh, about on Richard Ford. I'd love yeah. to hear about that if you can share. Or well, about sure. That. It'll be in the in the in the upcoming issue. Um, um, and um, you know, as Richard uh, Holly, of course, made it happen. Holly right. Lang, and um, and it's to uh, you know we we had done uh, cover stories on. Willie and Eudor Welty and Barry Hanna. Um, and, you know, and I think Karen Gilder had always wanted to do Richard Ford, and, and he's been incredibly gracious with the book festival, mm, you know, sure coming has. back. And he's, he's such a great writer, and uh, which is, you know, dumb thing to say, but, you know, we all say dumb things. But he, <laughs> he's been such a, he's such a terrific writer. And um, I had met him you know, back in the 90s when a, a French filmmaker was making a film about him. And uh, but I had been reading his work since, the, you know, his inside sports days. Right. right. You know, this sports writer. Um, and so, you know, so it was great. And Holly, Karen had been talking to Holly about it. And 
Holly said, well, Richard said he'll do it. And Richard's been getting the magazine. You know, we've been sending the magazine to him. And, uh, and so he was incredibly gracious, both, you know, he and Christina. And, um, so, you know, I interviewed him over the phone. He was up there in Maine and I was down there in Cleary. And, uh, <laughs> he was cool and you weren't. He was very cool. It was very cool up there, like in the forties. And, uh, but, um, you know, and it was, you know, he's done so many. If you start to Google Richard Ford, it's like how he's how many interviews he's done, yeah. prefaces, and you know, he's done all kinds of things and forwards and essays, and there's like interview after interview after interview in the art of this and the art of writing and blah blah blah. blah. And so it's like, wow, how do I come up with new stuff? You know, <laughs> and you know, it's easy because in Portico, there's always the focus on Jackson and on Mississippi. And so, how did this affect you? How you know mm-hmm. what was your life here? growing up. And so a lot of that's covered in his last book, uh, Between Them. Right. Um, Story about his mom and dad and growing up in Jackson on Congress Street, Street, uh, right across the street from Miss Welty's Welty's birth home and childhood, interestingly. And I call it the most literary corner in America. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, And they both went to the then Jeff Davis School, now the Obama School, where my daughter is attended back oh, good. in the day. Yeah, yeah. She, she was in the school. Yeah. We used to call it the big pencil school because they had the yeah, big that wooden big, pencil That's right. They did have that thing. Uh, yeah, and, and, that used to be a cannon at one point. I, who knows? Uh, <laughs> and we did an event when my daughter was in the school there in the in the 90s. It was a fundraiser for the school. And both Eudora and Richard came. Yeah. I mean, they love that school. They love that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They love Jackson. Yeah. Which yeah, really they you know, and, and he he said, "Well, you can get somebody to go down to seven six three. I think which I think that's the address, yeah. and take and you know and get a and get a high res picture. I don't have one, you know, but you know, it's that kind of thing. He mm. knew the address; it was all mm. there. Yeah, um, and um, you know, so it was a lot of fun to do, and to just chat with him. Yeah, you know? he, great and, guy. Uh, we and, were uh, blessed last summer. We went up to Maine and." I said hello to him, and he said, come right over. And we did. We went over to his house, and, you know, it's just always good to see Rich. Yeah. I don't see him very often, but when he lived in New Orleans, I used to see him a fair amount, but not so much now that he's in Maine. It's a yeah. long way from here. Yeah, well, he uh, it is, and but he'll be here in August. Yeah, coming uh, for the book festival. You know, and it's funny because— Fifth anniversary. And I house sit, I house sit every summer now. Uh, a friend of mine uh, in New Orleans, they— in, right. in July, August, September, they they escape and they go escape to Rhode and you Island. Say, you go, I'll live. So there. I go down there and, and sweat and lose a few pounds. And it's and Richard and Christina owned that house at one point. So right. it's so funny. The house on Bourbon Street. No, this is a house at uh, at Sixth and Coliseum. Oh, okay. And it's like, um, it's like holy smoke! How is this? You know, this this world is so tiny. It's now it's owned by one of my mentors in the film business, and hmm. uh, so uh, Chris Morgan. So I um, go down there. Every summer. We're talking to Ward Emily. Ward is uh, an old friend, an actor, activist, former director for a long, long time of the Mississippi Film Office. Had that job twice. And uh, we, the legislature this last session uh, reinstituted the film incentive, the out-of-state film incentive. Yeah, the non-resident. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, it's a great thing. And um, uh, it's it's important. We the The film industry was cranking. Like really cranking back in 2017, and then um, we they did not 
reauthorize, re-up the non-resident portion of the incentive. We kept the spend portion and the resident rebate portion. But then the non-resident is pretty crucial. That's how you get the big names. You know, that's, you, know, big... you can make a movie with Mississippians, but uh, I had a producer say, I can make a movie with your people, but I can't sell it with your people. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, unless... You know, unless, you know, James Earl Jones and Morgan and Gerald McRaney and Celia Ward would all come. Yeah, all come then, then maybe yeah, we then could we'll be sell. Fine. Um, but, um, and Richie Montgomery, I have to remember Richie. Um, but, uh, and so it's a crucial, it was a crucial component. And we tried over the, you know, since they let it lapse in 2017, we tried last year and, and this year it, it, it got passed. It was a, you know, we looked at, it was such an obvious fall off right you know i mean five from from 2017 to to this year in terms of local salary which is one of the big parts of it and everybody mm-hmm. said oh you're we're just giving money to hollywood it's like no we're creating jobs for mississippians we're creating careers for mississippians and uh you know that the, the local payroll fell off by over five million dollars in the two-year <laughs> period uh it, it fell down from 6.6 million in 2017 to um, like 2.3 and then 1.6. And, um, and and we had businesses closing down that had had been created to, to support it. So what... We lost the soundstage in Canton. Lost the soundstage in I mean, Canton. The state had invested in heavily yeah. in that and tried to make that happen and then did away with the incentive. And, yeah. uh, but what we also lost, not just the soundstage, we were... I had been in conversations... Um, in twenty in early twenty seventeen, uh, with film, with the production company in LA that was going to partner with the soundstage, right. going to work with Rick and and, and where Rick was going to have a, you know a, a a stake in there what they were doing and they were going to have a stake in what he was doing, Rick Moore, who ran the soundstage and um, and uh, you know and th- that fell apart. You know we had a guy committed to making movie after movie after movie on the coast. Right. And that fell apart. Now they, that guy's coming back. That producer loved being in Mississippi, loved being on the coast, and doesn't like working in Georgia or even Louisiana. And so he's just, he's ready to come. So they, we're going to, it's a blip. We had, you know, two, uh, you know, two, two years kind of out of it. Weird. Thank goodness for hometown in Laurel. Right. Uh, um, and which was a huge success and continues to be. And um, and so we feel like the types, the filmmakers that we had in here two years ago are going to be coming back. Uh, and that's uh, so it's not like we got off the track and all the cars are different now. You know, right. we can just get out back, you know, pull out of the pit and, and get back in this when race. When does the, in, the incentive? It's, a, in, a, it's, it's, it's effect, up and running. Now. Yeah, okay. there's some guidelines that that uh, MDA and the film office are, are creating right now. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today, along with uh, Kevin Farrell on the board. And my old buddy Ward Emmeling yeah. is our guest today. And we're talking about theater, acting, movies, drama. And other important stuff. That's right. Art yeah. stuff. There you go. Art, because it's the Arts Hour. That's right. Exactly. So before the break, we, we're just, we'd we been talking about the uh, newly reconstituted uh film incentives that Mississippi mm-hmm. uh, has put back in place after a three-year absence? Two-year. Two-year absence, yeah. and we're delighted about that. Absolutely. And, and, and I was saying that Nina and, and Nina Parikh, who's the director of the office, 
uh, and uh, and MDA are uh, the new legislation creates a uh, a local prerequisite where you have to be working with a local production company. You have to partner with a local production company if you're and an artist. And that's new language? Yeah, that's new. There's no yeah. new stuff. And so so they're coming up with those guidelines. My chair just shrunk. And, uh, <laughs> that's the trick chair, Ward. Uh-huh. You have to pull and, that thing uh, out there. <laughs> and so, uh, hey, I'm back. And, uh, Get shorty. Shoot. <laughs> hey, that's a movie reference. Um, and so uh, they're working on those guidelines right now. So, uh, But... You know, it's it's in, it was so it's good news from Mississippi. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and, it's going to pick the industry right back up. So I, w- I wonder if you would give us sort of a overview of uh, where films are being made in America now. I know that some states are more aggressive; they have better uh, incentive packages, they have great locations. So if you could sort of walk, of course, let's just take L.A. and New York off because everybody knows yeah. about that. Yeah. So, so what are the hot spots now? Well, you know, Georgia, New Mexico. Um, Chicago is really busy. I mean, there's a ton of work and ton of stuff going on in Chicago. Um, and, um, but those are really the big three. Not Louisiana so much Well, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I didn't say that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Louisiana. I tend to forget them, but, uh, <laughs> no, we have are, listeners in Louisiana. Things are really so taken up. Careful. No, we love Louisiana. <laughs> you know, they've been training our actors for a long time. Um, and, and our crew, a lot of crew have been working there. Um, but, uh, yeah, but things have really picked up there. They, they went through a lull about four years ago and, uh, um, where they were lose they lost production to us and to Georgia. And, uh, and we they, did them a favor and did away with the, and uh, then we, incentive. And, and, and they, they, fa- they, they just create one of the things that you can't do with an incentive of any sort, uh, is, is, is create uncertainty. Right. It's for the, you know, for, for your client to, to not feel comfortable and, um, and they created some uncertainty about four years ago, and they corrected it in a hurry. Um, we created uncertainty, you know, two years ago. They and, being Louisiana? Yeah, Louisiana mm-hmm. did. And, and so, but they've gotten it back, and, right. and there's a lot of production going there, um, you know, and series production, which is great. That's what you want. You want a series. You want somebody who's there seven, eight, nine months out of the year. And we haven't gotten a series work. yet, right? No, not a. I know you worked on it. Not a traditional you series, right. you know. But we we've got the the reality shows, you know, hometown, and uh, we had bring it for so long, uh, which are great because those people were buying property, mm-hmm. you know. Those people were, you know, you know, buying apartments and you know, I mean, leasing apartments for the year, whether right. they were here or not, and um, and, and so th- that just creates this kind of longevity. Plus, you can start to sell. The film industry as tradi- as a traditional economic development thing at that point because you're say because you're because cre- the jobs are there right. and you can train people into jobs mm-hmm. workforce uh, yeah and it's one of the things that they always say you know well you're not creating permanent jobs when you have a series you can make the argument that yes we are right here's how it is but the now, reality is we are I mean you know creating permanent jobs they just happen on a you just have a lot of different employers. <laughs> you yeah, and you know, have to just, go out of state from time to time. Yeah, from to, time to time, you to do have to go work. out of state. Yeah. And so Georgia's been in the news lately uh, <clears> because <throat> of <laughs> because of some uh, unique legislation uh, that they are about, I think, are about to sign into law. It's signed. He signed, it's signed. it. And yeah. so there is a lot of uh, talk about it harming the film uh, Yeah, industry. I mean, social issues in states, and this came up. Three or four years ago, when at one point they were talking about, a, I think, a religious freedom 
mm-hmm. bill, and uh, which the governor did not sign. Now we're talking the about Georgia. At the time about Georgia, right? And uh, and then this time uh, he signed the uh, this governor is a new governor signed a, a fetal heartbeat bill, right? Uh, and and Hollywood's, you know, some of them, you know, there's some outspoken, you know, uh, reaction to that, mm-hmm. and then there's some, you know silence about sure. it with with the industry and uh you know it goes it, it doesn't go into, into effect until the first till january 1st 2020 you know so it's it's down the road a bit you know what eight months and uh so it'll be interesting to see but but um you know they've been very successful not so much their incentive was good i mean it was the same as louisiana's and essentially the same as ours their infrastructure is so strong. Yeah, they have Atlanta yeah, and, and all of that. they've always had that. And, yeah. and that's the industry's been focused in Atlanta. So Savannah put incentives in place to draw some of it out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and um, and so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out um, because they have permanent um, – they have, you know – they have a permanent presence by so many production companies there that are doing film after film after film and that have vested interests in the in companies there and in sound stages there. So it'll be interesting if they cuz one of the things that you know, look, back in the 60s <laughs> people came to Mississippi. Harry Belafonte and you know Sidney Poitier, you know, people came to Mississippi and stood shoulder to shoulder with with us, you know, with, with people in Mississippi. And it'll be interesting, you know, to fight for civil rights. It'll be interesting to see if Hollywood, rather than just saying, you know, we're not coming there, is like, we're going to, if they would say, we're going to come there and we're going to speak out with you, mm-hmm. we're going to stand with you, uh, you know, and, and, and so it'll be an interest. it's an interesting thing. It's a big world, <laughs> and it's full of people with different viewpoints and ideas. And we're talking about a business, but it's it's you know it's it's run and people you know and staffed by highly creative people and uh, that have influence. And so it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, what what yeah. big series does Georgia have? Oh. I mean, I mean, I'm sure the list they is have long. Ozark, uh-huh. <laughs> which is you know set in Missouri, uh, is there. Um, uh, Stranger Things. Um, I've been just catching up on this series that's no longer out called Halt and Catch Fire, which was on AMC. It's shot there. Um, you've but you've got a bunch of big movies there yeah. because of the infrastructure of the place and because of that airport. Which is right. like, you know that you know with a million flights every day from everywhere going in and out. Um, you you know Marvel was there, part of Black pa- Black Panther shot there, right. part of Avengers Endgame shot there. Um, you know uh, I th- I'm trying to think the latest Disney Dumbo. I think it shot in you know in large part there. Huh. Um, so it's got a just a huge footprint and it's i mean it's a multi multi billion dollar industry right is now. atlanta 3 behind la and new york yeah oh, and easily. they might be and they might be one in features uh-huh i mean they're big in features another thing that's um well, walking dead is there oh yeah that's I mean, the one dead i was trying to think huge. about yeah and 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 fascinating what it has done um to a town that was 
a ghost town. Right. Now it's just a zombie town. <laughs> it's a different sort of ghost. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, essentially this town has become a mill town to this, uh-huh. you know, to that production. To that industry. Yeah. They, you know, and, and um, um, so it's going to be an interesting thing to monitor. Now, um, what is that town where they shoot this? Sanoia, uh, Sanoia, something like that. S E N O, Sanoia, I think. Sanoia, okay. Georgia. It's kind of southeast, I think. Um, yeah, we had a one of the last film conventions that I went to was in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. uh, and we spent a day down there, and it was remarkable what they had done. They'd bought streets, they had built townhomes to look like Washington that where they were renting out to people. I mean, they had done some, you know, they. They had, they had parking lots. They had uh, eco-friendly parking lots, you know, that were uh, all over town that could support production trucks, but were looked like just kind of a woodsy, grassy area. Wow. It was just, and 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 then they had permanent sets built there that were of the various sets that they were using. Um, it was a remarkable, you know, kind of community production um, where they, some of the actors had started had bought property and one of them had started a rest opened a restaurant there and, and they were just it's a great um, symbiotic relationship going on there okay. and it's what can happen right, right. you know it, it uh, you know look at Laurel I mean Laurel was you know look at Laurel today and look yeah. at Laurel five six years ago before this extraordinary thing happened with Ben and Aaron Uh and uh, now a lot of that was there, mm-hmm. but then it created this this great, you well, know. You, you had a very uh, successful Main Street program. You 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 had the Lauren Rogers Museum mm-hmm. of Art. You have great wealth there. Mm-hmm. And man, when this kicked, it was just the perfect Ooh. storm. Yeah, and and, and, and that, it's a beautiful thing to see yeah. to go over there and participate in all that. Let's talk baseball. we got a few oh, minutes yeah, left. Oh, yeah, baseball. Let's talk about the yeah, Yankees yeah. and uh, those other teams. Yeah. Well, you know, the Yankees are kind of putting it together. They have a complete all-star team on the injured list. <laughs> I mean, it is remarkable. that That's like you look at the box scores for the Yankees today, and it's like, who are these guys? Right. These are not the guys that we've been reading about all Well, they're more you know, fun to winter. watch than the other but guys. But they're awfully, they're awfully good, I mean, and they've been able to do that. I hadn't been up, you know, I hadn't been able to get up there. And, so you don't have season tickets anymore? Well, I, you know, I still have access to them, uh-huh. um, but um, but I, uh, I, hadn't, I didn't go up at all last season. I'm hoping to, hoping to get up this season. Uh, but because uh, I was, you know, I know this is the end of the world kind of scenario. <laughs> I was in a play in April so I, last year, and there I was in go. a play in, play in October. And uh, so I, I called the guy I had the tickets with in, in October, and I said, well, Doug, um, I guess we're going to the World Series because even if we do, I'm in this play, <laughs> and I can't get up there. So I think I just helped the team. Uh, they didn't get there, but uh, there you Tampa go. Tampa Bay's giving you all you want this year. Tampa Bay's giving everybody. Um, you know, I, I didn't look at – I don't look at the standings for, you know, the first month or so, and then you look at them now, it's like, hmm, Well, Tampa things Bay? have changed. Tampa the Cubs Bay? have come alive. Yeah. The Braves are – yeah, yeah. The Phillies, you Phillies know, are great. you know, and the Twins. Is but it the Twins in the twins in, in the American great. League Central? You been out to uh, Trustmark Park? I went out last week. First uh-huh. game I'd been there in a long time. You know, one of their ten thirty games where you know you 
you got to sneak food in because there's so many kids there. You know, it's like you're not getting any food today. <laughs> well, we're taking the Arts Commission staff out. Uh, our get our host here, uh, Kevin Farrell, is taking us to uh, Trustmark Park. We're going to have a who's Mac, throwing out the first pitch? Mac Day uh, at uh, at Trustmark Park, and we're looking forward. Do you know who we're playing, Kevin? Have you looked ahead? Uh, don't know. Yeah, we're going. Next month, right? Yeah. Well, well that'll be fun. Be a lot so of fun. So, is that going to y'all going to give away stuff for everybody that's there? No, you know, we're just going have, you know, to have an outing. Brochures. Everybody's bringing their, their friends and family. We're well, just I gonna think go. you should say we want somebody to, <laughs> you know, bring somebody to sing the national anthem. We did this with Shakespeare in Love last year. We oh, did went you? out there and we said, look, we'll sing the national anthem. So the cast sang the national anthem, which was kind of a thrill. I never. <laughs> did you and, sing? Yeah. And they were like, this is great, you know. Uh, and then uh, the guy playing Shakespeare threw out the first pitch, and we had a ball. It was I so threw much out, fun. My brother Brad and I threw out the first pitch of the last game in Harold T. White uh, Field in Boonville uh, three weeks ago. Uh, Northeast Community College, where my dad was present, has built a new uh, baseball-softball facility, and they were playing their last game on – the field name for my father, Harold T. White Field. So Brad and I went and threw out the first That's pitch. Great. Very exciting. That's cool. That's and very then good. Six years ago when Hal passed, I threw out the first pitch uh, uh, at a Braves game. Yeah. And Bobby Cox was there. It was very oh, exciting. Well, you know. So anyway, Ward Emily, thanks so much for coming well, by welcome. and visiting with us. Thanks Updating for having us. me. It's, you know, anytime, you know. Let us know what's going on. All righty. All right. Thanks. We'll see you all next Sunday at 5 o'clock on MPB Think Radio for the Mississippi Arts Hour. Until then, I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host. Adios, and have a great Sunday.